On today's episode, I sit down with Savannah and Matt Wells, and honestly, this episode reminds me a lot of the episode I had with JP about um, deconstruction a few months ago. Um, they grew up very differently, but their faith has grown because of each other. While they grew up very differently, they approached the Bible very similarly, looking at it as an, as authority that should be deeply studied, and, and that's what they've done. Um, they've challenged each other to look at the Bible deeper than what they had previously looked at it, and because of that, they are very grown and matured in their faith. It's very inspiring, very humbling, and a, and a wonderful episode. I, I enjoyed uh, interviewing them. I haven't known them very long, but I've enjoyed interviewing them, and I hope you enjoy the episode. Hey, you're listening to All Things True. I'm your host, Cody B. Today, I am in, is it Bryant, Bitten, Alexander? Depends on your GPS or map, and I'm here at the home of the Wells. How are y'all doing today? Very good. Good. I'm here with, with Matt Savannah. Matt has just recently, possibly, one of possibly two of the first millennial shepherds ever instated in the Church of Christ. <laughs> And I'm also here with his, his wife, Savannah. And thank y'all so much for having me in, in y'all's home. Thank y'all so much for the, you know, the wonderful meal we just had. Um, Matt, what's it like being the first millennial shepherd? Uh, well, I, I don't know how accurate that statement is. <laughs> but but um, no, it's it's uh, good. It's like we had talked about. It's um, heavy at times. You know, it's a lot of responsibility, and I uh, had to put a lot of thought into you know, how, how I felt about it before I accepted it and making sure that I was ready for it and that I thought um, I was qualified for it, but uh, really good. Because, and, and he debates with me whether or not he's a millennial, right? Yes. We had that conversation, but you're definitely a millennial, Savannah. Yes. What's it like being the first millennial elder's wife? Weird. <laughs> like, uh, Is yeah. that an oxymoron, elder's wife? She... Elder, elders, or elder millennial... Millennial elder, millennial elder's <laughs> wife, right? She always told me, you can never be an elder. You can you can do anything you want to do. I will never be an elder's wife. She always told me that. What changed? Uh, him, like, actually being asked, I think. I was like, oh, this is, this is actually a possibility. And I think it came out of nowhere. I mean, I'm 35, correct? I constantly forget my age, but I think I'm 35. And, I mean, he's... 38 so it was just out of the blue but I don't know we just talked about it prayed about it and I was like well okay this is for real it's just a lot of pressure because I have a face and I have a mouth and sometimes I I don't control those as well uh, as well as I should so I think it's not only pressure on him but then I feel like I have to be this certain image you know so i was like you can't ever be an elder <laughs> and then here we are and you're doing great sure very cool last week we we talked to james jumper and and we talked about his story and how he became a christian and his religious experiences and I, i'm here with matt and savannah because um savannah 
you know, and y'all know my story, right? We talked about that while I go at dinner. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, I'm, I'm about as Church of Christ as, as you get when it comes to families that are people that are Church of Christ. Uh, but that's not the case with both of y'all, right? It is the case with him. Oh, really? Pretty much. Mm-hmm. I mean, his his mom and dad, his grandpa on his dad's side, their whole family. I don't know how yeah. far back. Yeah, not, not on my mom's side, but on my dad's side. Uh, and I grew up from the time I was little uh, in the church. Yeah. But she did not. I did not. So, what's your story? How did you become a Christian? So, this guy, Matt, um, really. Because before, like, I had a friend, Julie. Um, she passed away in 2010. Um, but anyway, she her, her family was Catholic. And I'm totally doing air quotations because... That was one of those, like, they just would periodically go to Mass. They were Mexican. They were Hispanic, and so they, yeah. Well, I said that because we've had uh, one of the guys from the Hispanic congregation that's from Mexico said, um, I can't remember the joke, but he made a joke basically about, like, Mexicans are Catholic just as part of their identity. It's just a given that you're Catholic. And so it's not as much about you have, like, conviction about Catholic beliefs. You just, you're Catholic because that's the culture. And I think that's how it was for, for that's that how it was for her family for sure. And so we would periodically go to mass, but that was, like I said, it was every once in a while. It wasn't, you know, and there was nothing like practiced in the home at all religiously. It was quite the opposite. We got to do like whatever we wanted at that house. Um, and then I had another friend, and she actually passed away as well a couple years ago. Um, and her family was Pentecostal. And I mean, like, you know, I, so that was my introduction to any type of religious stuff. And, and her Pentecostal church, you know, did the, they were laying on the floor and they would be covered in white sheets and then they would be up running around the church and kind of flopping. And anyway, it was, I was sitting in the back eating sunflower seeds with Nicole, like, what is going on? (laughs) Like, it just was, so yeah, that was, um, that was it. So, my parents weren't religious, and then I met him, and I was 15, and so then obviously when we started dating, I started going to church with him, and then, so it was part of that, um, I did eventually get, like, convicted and felt like whatever, but he did express, like, I have to marry a Christian, you know, kind of thing, and We'd been talking and getting serious about our relationship and whatnot. And then, um, yeah, I went to Christ Teens. And that's really what, like, really did it in. I mean, I had been studying with his parents and him and at church and whatnot. And actually, a lot of the times, his parents were, or your mom mostly, but was my teacher. There were a lot of the, you know, different classes. But, yeah, something really pricked me then. And that's when I actually... I think the following weekend, mm-hmm. uh, came home and got baptized by Matt um, when I was, I think, either 15 or early 16. 15? Yeah, somewhere around there. It's been, it's been a bit, so I don't really remember the exact year, <laughs> but yeah. That's so cool. What was it like to baptize your Matt? It was <clears throat> really special. I mean, that, that was the first person that I had baptized, so I think as a Christian... Um, you feel that, or, or should feel that 
you know, duty to be spreading the word, to be trying to reach people. So to actually baptize someone, uh, I mean, it was special because, you know, I was going out with her and that kind of aspect and I cared about her, but also just feeling like you're producing fruit, <laughs> you know, it, it was, yeah. it was very special. Very cool. So your childhood, you said you were introduced to to Catholic, to Catholicism, uh -huh. introduced to, to Pentecostalism, which are two totally separate things. Very. What was that Very. like to, to see two extremes and being introduced to Christianity by seeing the two extremes? <laughs> so honestly, like I, I, I wasn't into it. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, because I thought, you know, like when we would visit Julie's church, the Catholic church, um, when they would sing, it was very like, you can help me out like monotone and, you know, like they recite a lot of things and sometimes it, it just seemed odd. Like, I mean, I, I didn't know. Yeah. Maybe. And I, I didn't know what to compare it to, but it just felt like, I don't know. I just wasn't into it, you know, and it didn't like make me want to become Catholic. And then the same, the same with the Pentecostal, it, it scared me quite a lot, I think, or. Not it, not it, like for real scared, but just like, what is going on? It's just odd, you know. Like, so I don't really remember like when he asked me to go to his church for the first time. I don't recall like any feelings like, well, no, I definitely don't want to be a part of this. But I do remember um, just thinking that most Christians were kind of lame. I mean, <laughs> it's so it's. Because I mean, I did not grow up, like I said, at we you know we didn't go to church and whatever, and you kind of get this picture of like it's mostly older people and they don't know how to have fun and and actually I remember one time he had invited me to some party, I guess they were a having, New Year's Eve party I think, and I was like, y'all party, and I was like, <laughs> how can you party without like alcohol and and whatnot and different things because that's how how I grew up and what I was exposed to was completely different. So it, I didn't even think that Christians could like properly have fun and have a party if you, you know. And I thought, well, they're just like gonna play board games and that's, you know. I just <laughs> I I just had this kind of lameish view on. <laughs> so when did that start to change? You you said that you went to Christine's, you, you were baptized, but when did your view of Christianity begin to change from the old boring chanting people to hey this is something yeah uh so it was sort of a mix of just actually going to church with Matt a lot um and really we had a, a teacher named Chris I can't remember his last name I don't know he just had a way with the teens like I really enjoyed his class and and then also thankfully um Quite a few people at the school that I went to, um, you know, it's like a really tiny school. And though there were a lot, there were a couple of Church of Christ, Baptists, some different things. So they would like talk and debate over kind of, you know, religious um, things and baptism. And anyway, so I think that helped me to stay kind of in it a little bit and talk about it more. You know, so it wasn't just when I went with Matt, it was also starting to be at school a little bit. And then, um, and then, yeah, like I said, I think just a lot of studying, we would also study at his house randomly, like his family would have just Bible studies where we'd all get together and, um, 
but then yeah going to cross stains that really nailed it in all the way you've talked about having a very different childhood from the life you have now yes what was share whatever you want to share you don't share whatever you don't want to share what was your life like before you found jesus um i mean just your I cussed a lot. I watched a lot of bad stuff. I listened to a lot of bad stuff. I, did, I didn't have, um, that I can think of any positive influences around me. Like, um, family, friends. I mean, they all partied and got drunk and smoked weed and, um, you know, obviously cussed a lot. And, um, even the the friends that I hung out with, I mean, Julie, Nicole's family was different because Nicole's family actually the whole family went to church and so they overall had a good you know like we could not have cussed in the home or or watched bad movies in the home but it at you know my other friends we got to do all that and so just I mean I just did all all the bad things because I I don't want to say I didn't know otherwise because obviously you do to some degree because you go to school and that's not allowed and but just really. Um, you know, like I said a while ago, you're the first millennial elder, one of possibly two first millennial elders, first millennial elders, wife uh, I, I'm here with. Uh, obviously, your life is not the same now as it was then. No. And your childhood is totally different from the childhood of your daughters. Uh, uh, yes. How has the church had a... How has the church impacted your daughter's life in a way that hasn't impacted yours? Or, or a way that, uh, how, how do I phrase this? How, what's the biggest difference between your daughter's childhood and your childhood? So, um, I had some rules growing up, but obviously not much, and I knew how to bend them and where to go bend them at and whatnot. Um, she has firm rules and has always had them, She's also grown up um, with us being, you know, spiritual and involved in church and trying to be good Christians and teaching her those values and um, why you shouldn't do certain things. And um, and you can chime in to help me. I'm trying to think <laughs> of... Yeah, no, um, I, th I think that's a big part of it is we've always tried to be really careful with Ella not to just say... You can't do that. You shouldn't do that. That's wrong, you yes. know, and and not say you shouldn't do that because you're a Christian, but really have those studies with her and explain, you know, why, because, you know, our goal has always been like to help her develop her own faith. Um, so then it carries on, you know, once they leave and they're, they're not around you. So I think both of us have, have done a good job with not just saying, oh, you shouldn't do that, but explain why you shouldn't mm -hmm. do it. And hopefully you know, they, they take that in. All right, Matt. Your turn. You ready? <clears throat> okay. You you grew up much like me, conservative Christian household, conservative Church of Christ background. Uh, were your parents first okay with you dating the wild child? <laughs> so, um, I think yes. So, I'll say I'm the youngest. So, by the time it was to me, I had other siblings who had dated and um so there were probably other wild 
children that they had had, had to deal with. Um, <clears throat> and having a, a larger family, I, ha I had three other siblings, and then we also had foster kids, and then what I call strays. Where, and I don't mean it like disparagingly, but we had other kids that weren't foster kids, but it was people in tough situations that would live with us. So there was always wow. a lot of people in, in the house. Um, and with all that, I mean, some people are going to make mistakes. So there was, it was a good Christian home, and there was the good guidance. But I mean, there were there were kids that had problems, um, and you know, made their mistakes and that sort of thing. Um, but and I will say, I always had, I think, to a large extent, that same sort of thing. If I had a question about why can't I do this or why is this wrong, especially from like a Christian perspective, like why is it wrong for me to do this? I mean, the first thing my dad would do is open up the Bible and, you know, get get into studying and showing and not just saying, you know, some response, but really, really showing me, um, I think, the same kind of thing, helping me to develop my own faith. But so there there wasn't an issue. I think they, they liked her, you know, right away and I think always got along pretty good. They may not have known me a hundred percent. I mean, honestly, yeah. but I, I think, and probably what you always do is is um, pray that they're you know gonna <laughs> turn out right and, or get better, be influenced properly, and all that stuff. But yeah, very cool. Um, I'm gonna start with Savannah, and then I'm gonna go to Matt. Uh, you had various limited exposure to, to Christianity in various backgrounds. Um, after all these years, why have you stayed Church of Christ? So, um, because it seems like we've done a ton of studies, and as we talked about earlier, we've done all kinds of studies, not just, you know, like the study of John or, right. or whatever. Um, but it to me, so far, like of everything we've studied and everything I've come across, Overall, the Church of Christ seems to fit like um, more of what I find in Scripture. I mean, am I wording that properly? Yeah. No, you worded um, it great because you said more no. of what I find, not more of what Matt finds. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's well, fantastic. It's because beautiful. See, we'll see another thing. and we Don't steal my thunder. Oh, I don't have to have my part. That's are right. You gonna say I know where you're going. Okay, okay. Um, but anyway, yeah, so like, you know... Um, some of the uh, essential things I feel like overall, and obviously there are different churches of Christ, as you know, oh, yeah. all over. But but as a whole, I'll still group them um, together. I feel like the doctrine is, you know, yeah, that's, I think that's probably why. Matt, why have you stayed Church of Christ? So, um, years. I know part of where she was going with this. <clears throat> so I feel like growing up in the Church of Christ and still when I'm, you know, almost 40, still going to a Church of Christ, that sounds fun. But I think that uh, puts an even bigger, I guess, onus on you to know that what you're doing is correct. Because if I'm, if I'm still doing what I was born into, then have I have I really proven that? Do I really know that's correct, or am I just doing that because that's what I was raised as? So, growing up, uh, like I said, my my dad was always good with 
actual studying and, and showing me the whys and that sort of thing, which developed that in me where when I would have a question on something, I would, I would study it. But the biggest thing was once we were married, different topics would come up where Savannah would say, you know, what's your opinion on this? And, and I would tell her and she would very, I don't know, like, really seriously ask me, are you just saying that because that's what you've always heard, that's how you grew up, or have you really studied that and that's really what you think? And she always pushed us in so that direction. So you were challenging him too. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. And this is after you're married, right? Mm-hmm. After, yeah, and, it, and I mean, the whole time we've been married, I would say now the last like 10 years or so, it's probably fallen off as we've studied enough that we're on yeah. the same page. But, uh, and we, we've been married 19 years this year, so it's been a while that we've been married. But for that first about 10 years, I mean, it was pretty, pretty consistent that we'd be studying something and she would really, really push to let's really study it and know for sure. And what that really helped me with is now, <clears throat> like when I was asked to be an elder, I'd, I had studied about church leadership before, but as soon as I was asked, me and her studied together and then we went through and looked at everywhere leadership positions are mentioned in the New Testament, what it says around them in context, look at early church fathers, like really studied in depth. And I always try to do that, whether it's this, whether it's um, LGBT, different things that are going on in the world. I, I, I don't want to just fall back on whatever response I already think I know about, but try to wipe my mind clean and say, if I don't know anything, let me dig into this and see what I find. And it, it is the case that most of the time I'm, I'm right where I started. I'm, I'm still in agreement with what, what my belief was going into it. But I really try, and I think we really try together, to go into each study with an open mind. Um, and I think neither of us have any... I, I don't ever approach it as like, I need to protect Church of Christ doctrine, or I need to prove why I'm right. I, I want to be saved. So if I'm wrong, I want to know that I'm wrong so that I can change and do, do what's right. Um, so I always want to want to study openly. And so that's where, kind of like she said, I, the reason that I'm still attend the Church of Christ. Um, and I'm also strict about uh, Church of Christ, little c for the church, not capital C Church, Church of Christ. Um, because... There are churches called the Church of Christ, but I'm I'm part of Christ Church, the Church of Christ, and um, I I think that's important because it's easy to migrate into from trying to just say we're Christian. I remember growing up, someone ask you know religious like questions. I'm Baptist. What are you? I'm a Christian. Well, I know that, but what are you? Like that, I, I'm a Christian. <laughs> And some people would get really upset because, like, no, I want to know what denomination you are. Like, I'm not a denomination. I'm, but it's easy for churches to fall into that where oh, yeah. they, they are a denomination. Yes. Um, and so, anyway, that was a kind of a tangent. But So it's I think fine. of Church of Christ as Little C Church of Christ. And it's just a, a church um, for him. But anyway, so similar to her, I just, from everything that I read in Scripture, from from what I've studied, I just feel like it's closest to what I feel like we should be doing. And, and so I've stuck with that. But I do feel like I've taken the effort to validate for myself that it's not, that I'm not doing anything out of tradition 
Um, and there are things here and there that I've changed my view on as I've progressed as a Christian and, um, you know, grown and studied and may see things slightly different uh, now from when I was growing up. But it's your faith and not your family's faith. Exactly, yeah. That's what, and that's what we really want to instill in her because like he said earlier, that way whenever she turns 18 and goes, she knows why she believes in all these things and it's her faith and not like, well, I, I grew up that way, you know, and just, anyway. Mm -hmm. That's incredible. What would you, I will start Savannah again. Um, people who have a bad taste in their mouth when they hear the word Church of Christ or they have negative views of the Church of Christ, Churches of Christ, or um, they uh, have issues with the Churches of the Christ, what would you say to those people? Um, oh, goodness. Well, for one, maybe you just haven't, I don't want to say found the right one, okay? I don't want it to to come across like you literally have to go shopping but I feel like some churches I don't know you're probably gonna have to edit all this out I can't even think straight on that oh you're fine are you getting it like some are like ultra conservative and mainly like, like we talked about earlier yeah. focus on these are the differences doctrinally between other denominations and like that's yes. all they talk about well and like some like when we moved to Texas um, he went ahead while Ellen and I were back and he had visited a couple different churches and one he walked into was smaller and had the American flag and had the Texas flag and just seemed like uh, anyway and we we're like no I mean just out just automatically you can kind of get a vibe of like what they're gonna be like what they're you know so that's what I mean also by kind of shopping around. Sometimes you have to find, you know, the not the one that suits you. I don't know how to get it across properly, but... Um, yeah, I mean, I think the one that aligns with what how you feel a church yeah, should be. Yeah, and then to the, I mean, the bad taste, I, to be honest, um, I don't deal very well with a lot of what I call today's people, okay? <laughs> Like as far as, like I've heard some people that, oh, well, something happened to me when I was little, so I just, I won't go to church. And I'm like, well, you know what? For one, the church is filled with people, right? Mm. We are the church. And people are people, and they're not perfect. Like obviously we should be trying to be perfect, but you're not going to, you're going to make mistakes and whatnot. So for one, give it another shot. And especially you can't, I can't stand when they group us together like, well, this person did this to me, so all of y'all are are terrible, or all of y'all would do the same thing. You know, like, that just doesn't... So to me, I'm like, grow up, try it again, try a different one. I mean, that's just... <laughs> Matt? <laughs> uh, what was the question? Well, I want to change it for you. Is that all right? Oh, Can yeah, give you yeah. A different question? What would you say to churches... Um, well, not maybe not churches. What we say to Christians who are members of the church, church of, churches of Christ, um, how can they interact with people who do have that bad taste to help them get that bad taste, the, so, their neighbor bad taste out of their mouth? Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing 
to me is listening to people mm-hmm. and like you know they talk about actively listening mm-hmm. um, not listening with your response in mind of what you're gonna you know say to argue with them or whatever the case is but like really listen to people because I think that's that's how you build connections for one when people feel like they can really talk to you um, then and they feel like you're genuinely listening to them caring about them then you build that relationship and kind of like Savannah said the church is the people and so you are the church so if you can deal with somebody like that um, and and be someone that they feel like they can trust and confide in and open up to and they know that you're a member of the church then that helps to start to reshape their view of the church um, I think and help them to see that there are people who care um, and sometimes to be honest you have to be a little more blatant or a little more straightforward I've, I've heard you know people make comments about how, how horrible the church is and um, you know people will look at periods in history where where the church has oh, yes. committed atrocities or look at stuff like how we talked about in church history a few Wednesdays ago with the 30 years war and you know millions upon millions of people dying um, related to religion and so people will look at that and like religion is just the greatest cause of death and suffering on the planet and then you look at somebody like Genghis Khan who's I mean you, you can measure the percentage of people killed in his conquest by like percentage of the total population of the earth and he didn't have any religious motivation so I think sometimes you have to have those honest conversations and like maybe you're you're misunderstanding you know your standpoint um, I'm always big on when people a lot of times what I've what I find is on I'm all, I don't get on social media uh, I used to and it just frustrated me and for various reasons I don't I don't do social media but I see stuff from time to time that Savannah will show me and a lot of times I find that people who are not in the church will have have um, like things that they repost or retweet or whatever that are negative about the church but the majority of the time it's not founded in reality it's just something that they saw somewhere and it sounds good and so they're sharing it with other people and so that kind of stuff is where I'm I'm saying you kind of have to confront that head on and say that's actually not you know accurate um, but then real quick I did want to say so I remembered what you were what you were asking her about you know people um, having a negative view of the churches of Christ one thing that I struggle with to an extent is how to have the conversation around the big thing when I was growing up was a church of Christ or think they're the only ones going to heaven mm-hmm. that was the big thing that everybody had had against us um, and I've always you know been of the assertion that anyone who is doing God's will is is going to heaven if you're in alignment with what God wants us to do then you're going to heaven I, but then you get into um, and, and like I said I find that the, the church that most closely models what I see in the New Testament is um, the Church of Christ uh, but what I find interesting is when people say like they're the, they're the only ones that think they're going to heaven everyone has some threshold of, of who they think is saved they just draw it at different points so for somebody it may be uh, anyone who's in the churches of Christ for someone it may be anyone who's Protestant for someone it may be anyone who 
believes in Jesus as the Messiah. And then you start getting into kind of squirrely things like Muslims believe that Jesus is the second most important prophet. And they believe that Jesus is coming back for the end of time's great battle. And I mean, they seem in very much a Messiah way. They just don't seem as the son of God. So most Christians would not say that Muslims are saved. And so that's where I kind of, I guess I, I take a little bit of offense to people having that view of Church of Christ is bad because they think they're the only ones going to heaven. Everyone has some threshold. Um, it may be, you know, all Abrahamic faiths are are saved. It may be like the Baha or have you pronounced that religion? Like like God has interacted in different ways, and as long as you acknowledge some greater thing, but everyone has some level if they're religious people, you know. So. Uh, I don't see anything wrong with, like I said myself, I don't confine it to what's on the sign outside, um, but I do confine it to, I think there are things that are salvation issues, that are genuine salvation issues that that you need to, to have correct. Uh, and I think, I feel like if you're seeking, if you're knocking, God will show that to you and he'll help lead you in the right path and 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 help you find that. Um, Seek and you'll find, knock and door will be open to you. Mm-hmm. And see, I think onto his thing, the social media has started to make me a little bitter and I need to get <laughs> off of it with that kind of stuff. Um, because you'll see people, you know, posting about this, some sort of preacher and he's filthy rich and he's driving like a mega nice car and all this. And then they want to go into all these debates and, I think that has just put kind of a sour taste in my mouth. And that's why I get sort of like sassy and defensive. And I'm like, you just need to try it again. Or not everybody's like that. Like, you know, I think that's kind of, maybe I need to lay off of social media. Well, and and I wonder too, if sometimes those types of people, not as a blanket statement, but I think sometimes people know, we all have that you know, conscience. And to some extent, what you're exposed to, like she talked about growing up, if you're only surrounded by negative influences, it may be harder to maintain that conscience. But I think sometimes people know that what they're doing is wrong. Mm -hmm. And if they acknowledge that the church is good or that God has, you know, a, a way that he wants us to live, then they're acknowledging that they're not matching that and they need to change. So rather than confront that and actually change it's easier to just say that's all made up i don't have to worry about it yeah um, so i think maybe some people have a, a vested interest in trying to dismiss it so they don't have to um face it what it would imply um two more questions uh i'll start with savannah and then go to matt uh and if we need to go to matt then savannah that's fine <laughs> Uh, how would you, how can churches of Christ reach unchurched people or how can we do a better job of reaching unchurched people? Hmm. Cause there's only one Matt <laughs> and while, while he's great and, and we love him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I think it's He's that. not in every congregation. We have him at Northside. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, and so that's kind of easy to answer, like maybe how you would do around here. But as a whole, I, yeah. I mean, honestly, it's kind of like we talked about earlier. I think it's 
to some degree why I think all these new life and community churches are growing is because it's it's easy it's feel good everything is um you know you just go have a good time and you sing and and that may not be like that every single one but I feel like on the whole and so sometimes when you come into a church of Christ and it's not always or or different churches you know that they kind of step on your toes and they're like oh wow is that preacher talking to me like has he seen me? You know, like he was directing that at me. And a lot of people kind of like he just alluded to don't like to feel that way. Um, but I don't think that preachers should completely shy away from those kinds of lessons because I think we can also get way too far off on the just love yeah. and and everybody's great and you love people and you definitely love people. But I think it can go way too far in that direction as well. I know I'm probably getting way off of... No, you're fine. No, yeah. But, um, I mean, just just going out in, into your community and, and loving people, but loving people properly. Like, you know, you don't just say, like, every single thing you're doing is, is great and it's fine and let's go to church and we're just like, sin is sin. And it's, you know, if you truly love that person, you want to help them and help them go to heaven and so lovingly talk to them and and try to be active in their lives of getting them to come to church calling them texting them you know meeting up for lunch and seeing how they're doing but say you know we'd really love you to come back to church and going out and feeding people clothing people going to the juvie center like i'll finally get to start doing again next month and teaching them and yeah Matt? Yeah, I, I think, um, again, part of it is trying to to just have those connections, whether it's through, um, kind of like Savannah talked about, whether you're, you know, feeding homeless people or you're interacting in the community in that sort of way. And so people are getting that exposure, and then hopefully you can have conversations that progress from that. Um, or just through, you know, the interpersonal relationships you already have maybe with people who don't go to church and I find it maybe more powerful than we think it is the impact that you have on people that you're around I go way back to uh, when I was in the Air Force and you know it's one of those kind of environments like a industrial or factory environment or like a lot of places where there's a lot of coarse language and you know that's just kind of the norm and uh, we went to lunch one time, five or six guys, and this one guy was complaining. He has this girlfriend, but she won't let him cuss and, and gets mad when he cusses. And he was like mocking that and, and he was like acting like it was kiddish and like, who doesn't cuss? And this other guy that we were eating with said, Matt doesn't. And when he said that, it really like blew my mind because I was like, I've never, it's not like I, I went in and just, told everybody I don't cuss. I don't have like a sign that, you know, I hold up, but it obviously made an impact on him and he noticed it. It was noticeable. And I think that really showed me just how we live our lives. Like That does have an impact on people. Um, and so if we're living godly lives and we're loving people, but speaking the truth in love where it needs to be 
uh, I think I think that has an effect on people and, and gives you opportunities. Um, yeah, and, and I think it's just finding that balance. Again, like Savannah said, between showing the love and care and and not venturing in too far into legalism and, you know, making sure you're ticking all the boxes. But um you know, it's it's just finding that balance and 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 showing people what I we were talking to the teens a bit ago and one thing I tried to convey to them because they were getting caught up in like I can't be perfect. This sounds like I have to be perfect and that's just not realistic. People make mistakes. Right. And the thing I tried to convey is God doesn't ask or doesn't require perfection, but he does require that we try. So he it's it's not that as a Christian I have to be perfect, but it is that as a Christian I have to be striving for perfection. And that's where I think people get get messed up. And so, you know, reaching people, it's good if you can reach people out of out of just love and then they feel that appeal and then they come to church and they feel um, comfortable and they're making good connections and all oh, that's great. But our main goal should be saving people. And if you're just getting someone to sit in the pew and, and hang out in an environment that they like, maybe you're not saving them. So still having that balance where you, you have the tough discussions and um, you know help someone progress from getting them in the door to, to really turning their life to where they're focused on God and on trying to uh, live in a pleasing way. Um, you know, it's too elaborate of an answer, but. No, that's great. All right, Savannah, how long do you think we've been recording? Uh, 40 minutes. Oh, very good. Is it? 41 minutes, yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Sweet. Yeah, it goes by quick, doesn't it? Yeah. You lose, you forget that this yeah. is official, but uh, uh, any final thoughts, Savannah? I don't think so. Matt, any final thoughts? No, this was this was fun. It was good. I mean, to be honest, it was fun to hear a lot of Savannah's responses, and um, yeah, it's good stuff. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any questions, you can email them to cbradford at northsidecofc.info. That's cbradford at northsidecofc.info. Thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed the show.